You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! What up? Monster Mangus here, coming to you live from the penthouse, penthouse, here to educate you and entertain you at the very same time on everything sports and entertainment. Shout out to all of you faithful followers. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you hate us, it's because you ain't us. We got a little lineup here tonight. Pretty sweet stuff. Same old stew crew, keeping it fresh as always. So let's go ahead and meet the players. Coming to you live, special here. From Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Girthquake Grimes. How we doing, kid? That, that's what they say, man. Everything's bigger in Texas. I don't know if I believe it yet, but uh, weirdly enough, there was like a, like 9 a.m. this morning, there was like a just gathering of horses in a park right outside of my hotel. Little uh, Nas was performing, man. Yeah. Little Nas must be somewhere around Austin, Texas right now because they were, <laughs> they were gathering them all up. Uh, it still makes no sense to me what the fuck they were doing, but... In any case, glad to be here. Yeah, man. Good to be back. We're we're glad to have you. Uh, Next up, rocking the black and gold, coming to us live from Richmond, Virginia. Tommy Lasagna, how we doing? I'm good. It's a big night for Boston sports. We got the Bruins trying to clinch, and we got the Celtics trying to tie up the series tonight. Both teams looking good tonight. I'm feeling good tonight. Let's get going. Let's fucking kick it off, boys. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, with Tom having opened up, you know, how big of a night it is for Boston, we might as well go ahead and shoot the shit a little bit before we roll into the agenda. I threw this in here because I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about how giddy uh, Mr. Danny Amendola was. It was like a an older brother hanging out with his younger brother again. And Danny Amendola and Tom Brady made a $100,000 bet uh, after the clouds of chaos have kind of simmered uh, at the Kentucky Derby. Um, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty sure Tom Brady owes Danny Amendola 100000 I couldn't really tell from the video if he hit it or not, but... Uh, yeah, so it, it looked like in the video he hit it, and if I had to bet, I bet Tom Brady just handed him 100k cash on the spot. That, that he won from the derby, probably. <laughs> let me, let me be the first to say that I have changed all my life goals and aspirations. The only thing I need in this life is an invitation to Tom Brady's Kentucky Derby party. Did you, did you see the cast of crew that they had there? Just dripping sex. Jimmy Dude, G they... looked unbelievable. Ooh. Yeah, Tom, Jimmy G, will... uh, Dude, they had they had the whole gang there, man. It was the Patriots too. I mean, it, you know, Aaron Rod, uh, Rodgers was there. They had, you know, Cordero Patterson. I think was one of the guys there. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty epic lineup. And I gotta say, I don't know what that hat he was wearing was, but I think the only way to be recognized as somebody who's made it in life is to to have a hat like that. Because Pharrell has one too, and that motherfucker's made so. That was a custom six times goat hat, one of one, and it was one it's the one. most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just just when I thought like Tom was done, he's just rubbing it in everyone's face, and I fucking love it. I love it. Well, I mean, now's the time more than ever, right? All right, Dude, well, let's how go ba- ahead before and, uh, we move on, how yeah, how badly do you think Dan- Danny Amendola wants to be back on the Patriots? Dude, I was just about to say when he when Tom when he was like he turned to Tom and he was like double or nothing and he was hauling ass to the ball like a little kid on easter like the Dude, kid around tom brady is full-blown owner I, I i know like you know people say like i'd give my left nut for this or that i truly believe danny amandola would give his left <laughs> nut to be back on the patriots 100 i'd believe that 100 percent without doubt i bet i bet he would play pro bono if the pats were like hey you want do you want to just yeah come, we're not gonna pay you shit wait. i'd be like hey sign me up let's go all right well Let's go ahead and kick it off uh, into tonight's events. 
we got an agenda here for you. Obviously, it's very important that we discuss with you in episode 16, the Kentucky Derby, the Kentucky Derby itself, uh, and the entire kerfuffle, I should say, uh, that took place. So we're going to talk a little bit about instant replay, uh, it being a double-edged sword. We're going to talk to you a little bit about the MLB uh, new news, I should say, from around the league. Uh, we'll talk to you about the NHL quick temperature check. Lastly, we've got some banner. Of course, we're going to talk Game of Thrones. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. But we've also got more, so make sure you stick around till the very end. Let's go ahead and kick it off, fellas. Just go straight into this uh, episode with the Kentucky Derby furious finish. So to give you all some context, Maximus Security uh, wins at the Kentucky Derby this year. He then gets DQ'd after instant replay showed and what was deemed as interference, uh, which you know led to an eventual tripping of Country House, who was at 65 to 1 odds to win. Uh, this is the first time this has ever happened in 145 years. I believe there was one case uh, way back when it first started, and it was a doping situation. Um, so this is a big, big fucking deal, uh, especially for the owner who was quoted saying, we're stunned, we're shocked, and we're in total disbelief. So... Want to turn it over to you guys to hear a little bit of what you guys think uh, about this DQ, um, the objections that were raised, and, and then we'll kind of dive into our conversation about instant replay. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, so, okay, first of all, I'm, I'm the asshole who watched about three hours leading up to the race, and then my roommates and friends were like, oh, dude, there's this party in Golden Gate Park, we gotta go, we gotta go, and I was like, alright, fine, like, whatever, so... I did not actually get to see the race. I saw the replays, um, and, and I saw how the ruling works and, and how the committee, you know, goes about making these decisions. Let's just be honest. It, it, they made the call that made sense. I mean, he did, you know, obviously you're talking about a horse racing as fast as he can for him yeah. to stay in his lane and not interfere has got to be a difficult task. But at the end of the so, day, so- you saw their legs trip up, you know, or, or at least hit, hit against each other. Um, and that's in the rules. I mean, for, I think it hasn't happened in 145 years because, it, you know, replay really hasn't been, you know, part of the mix. Utilized. Uh, yeah, like, it, you yeah. know, like it is in today's sports. I mean, it seems to be in everyone's sports. And I think that's a big topic nowadays is is, is replay coming, you know, we have to find that happy medium of, of replay and, and when it's used and how it's used. I mean, at the end of the day, you want the, you know, the end result to be most reflective of, of who should win and who shouldn't win. But, you know, I, I can't say I've got any beef with it. Um, I mean, what's crazy is that Country House, the jockey himself, was the one who raised the alarm. He was the one who flagged it uh, after the race had finished. So this wasn't something that the the stewards, I believe they call them, or the officiating crew, uh, you know, pulled out of their asses. Um, the jockey straight up was like, around the corner, maximum security, moved out of his lane. He bumped into... I believe not one, but two horses, um, tripping up, you know, country house and dropping him down. I, what did he finish third, right? Was, uh, no, he, he finished. No, I don't think country house is the one who got tripped. I think country house was the one that was on the outside and, and he ultimately finished second. Um, okay. but the DQ became, was because he tripped up another horse and I don't, I don't remember which one yeah. it was. I do, uh, I do but I don't think Country House is the one that was that. involved. I think he could see it happening though from his vantage point. Oh, and so I think that's I think that's what a he was like. That's not allowed. You can't do that. Um, that's and, no. and you know, I, so, I, I I think it's no harm no foul. I don't I'm know with you time. here. So typically, a horse race is about 14 horses. Uh, the Kentucky Derby has 20 horses on the track. We had shitty conditions, typical at the Kentucky Derby. You know, it's muddy, it's wet. Um, and, you know, you've got horses that are pushing it to the limits. You've got horses that, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so it, it isn't unheard of that these horses bump into each other. Now, you know, the, the people that are up in arms about the instant replay, I guess that's a whole other conversation. Tommy, what are you thinking about that? Uh, well, in terms of horse racing, I don't – I don't know how you can hold like a horse accountable for that. Like you, you said the courts, the, or the track is a little crowded, but two horses were scratched. And as soon as those gates drop, it's a free for all. Nobody has a set lane. They're moving up and down in and out 
from the second they leave that gate. And I just don't understand how, like, it's not like it was intentional by any means. And I, I kind of thought it was bullshit. Well, and, a certain someone disagreed as well, uh, and I know that you had highlighted a tweet from him. So I'll, I'll let you. Uh... Uh, Donnie T. Yeah, President Donald Trump said that it, the decision on the Kentucky Derby was not a good one. Uh, <laughs> he he mentioned the sloppy track conditions, um, but then called it a beautiful thing to watch. So a little <laughs> all over the place. But uh, then he dude. goes. Only in these days of political correctness could such an overturn occur. I, only, only Donnie T would bring up, like, you know, some kind of political scandal in the Kentucky Derby. But I mean, I love it. He, I mean, in fairness, and not to even like just going to rant about Donald Trump, but like he's the king of of playing both sides of the of the fence. Oh yeah, he'll go. Not a good decision, but it was a beautiful thing to watch. It's like, all right, that's incredibly contradictory. Like. Unless he just it, it about illuminates the America. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's just that's just the way he is, and he always feels a need to to you know chime in on on sports, which I think is funny because I I don't really believe he knows jack shit about it. Um, no. But he 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 has somebody in his pocket telling him what to say because just like this past weekend with the horse racing, the NBA is kind of up in arms right now about the refereeing and the playoffs and who's getting calls. Who's not getting calls? This, that, and the third, and it's kind of falling back on instant instant replay because when you have ten angles of something, and you know the masses that are viewing get to look at it in slow motion from all ten angles, and the refs, you know, call otherwise in real time, it, it kind of takes away just like that, you know, the nature of sports where it's just like sometimes shit happens. Yeah. You get some calls, you don't get others, and and, and yeah. so be it. Like I mean, if, I, I think if you want to win, I said it's a it's a double edged sword here. Like you know, like I think for the horse racing thing, when you have uh, you know a hundred plus pound horse that's running at full speed in mud, it's you know probably pretty likely that they're going to bump into somebody else. But I do think that in terms of football and basketball with line calls and tennis, even more so, like. It's it's one of the most crucial pieces to the modern day of sports. Well, yeah, I, and dude, the one thing I'm thinking about, and not to you know harp on this topic too much, but I'm thinking about like something that's similar to horse racing, right? And you know, there's you know, it's a it's a not a, I don't think it's a tough comparison it is like NASCAR, right? Similar similar thing. You're racing, you know, from one starting point. It's incredibly crowded. In NASCAR, as far as I know. If you were to bump into another car and cause a crash or whatever, that's fine. You know, as yeah. long if you can continue to race, you continue to race. And, and if four other drivers behind you have to, they wreck their cars and they're out of the race, that's, you know, that's just part of it. That's the heat so, of the moment, baby. Yeah. So it's, you know, but, and I get Tom but, saying the horse can't be held accountable. But, I, I don't know. I, who knows how much the jockey has to do with like how the horse takes that turn. Uh, if, yeah, if he's I mean, the one that's kind of like leaning one way to kind of push him towards the outside or, or that's what. Mother nature, man. If she wants to do what she wants to do, she's going to do it. That's a but horse. That's a it's beast. Just like, it's just like turning into, especially in basketball and we're starting to see even more so in football, like just like the whining and the crying and the barking at players. Like as far as I'm concerned, Calls are going to happen for you and against you in every game. Like, don't rely on instant replay. Like, put it out of the question. Like, if you want to win, make sure that the game does not come down to an instant replay. Unfortunately, you're seeing more and more players and teams across all sports kind of tailor to this, oh, you know, keep harassing the refs until, you know, the, the crowd gets on them. And then, you know, everybody's seeing this and it's just bad for sports. Well, here's the thing that I think they need to get figured out, especially in basketball and probably in hockey too. They need to have a much more streamlined way, excuse me, much more streamlined way to have the offices in New York or Toronto. Toronto is where the NHL review center is, where they literally just quickly check it. There's not this whole like, you know, put on the mic. You know, the refs are looking at the camera. They just need someone up there being like, here's the right call. Just send it down to the, to wherever the game's being played. You relay it to the ref and he makes the call. Not like this five, ten minute 
drawn out thing where, where the refs have to talk to each other and then, you know, and this, you know, cause it ruins the flow of the game more than anything. And I think that's happening in basketball quite a bit. I think that's, I think you're on to something. I think that's a hundred percent what needs to happen. The only problem is, is, you know, uh, I would, I shouldn't say nepotism, but, uh, you know, uh, almost like anarchy, you know what I mean? Like if you've got somebody who's specifically stationed to MSG, let's, you know, let's say, obviously there's going to be in a massive moment, let's say a Stanley Cup moment, he may be swayed to say, oh, you know, no, you gotta have, you know, this guy's gotta if be it comes like, from Toronto, it's unbiased, you know, you know what I'm saying? But I think, well, this guy, this guy's gotta be completely impartial. Yeah. I agree. Make the right, make the call the way it's supposed to be called. Bring them from, send it down like, to the refs and just call it and then move on with the game. Here, here's a great job ploy and a, and a great way to help for healthy immigration. Let's bring people who don't have hockey from countries like Jamaica and Haiti up here uh, employ them. You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> That'll work I, out well. Okay, I'm for the record. the unemployment for, crisis. For, for the record, I do not condone that option. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is it's a good way to get some additional employment. It's an unbiased opinion. And, you know, who the what the fuck does somebody from Jamaica give a shit if the Rangers are losing to the Bruins? You know what I mean? I like it. Whatever. I digress. Third do we party. Want to, do we want to talk any more on uh, instant replays? And well, well, I'll, I'll make one point because I know the next section is about the NBA, and I've been watching it. I know there's a ton of. I've been watching a little bit. I don't. I know there's a ton of stuff going on with it, especially around James Harden uh, in the, in the Houston and Golden State series. If you watch, um, Scott Van Pelt did an awesome, awesome segment. I think I might have sent it to you guys about. James Harden when he takes a three uncontested versus a contested three and yeah. the difference in his jump spot and his landing spot. When he takes an uncontested three, he jumps and lands more or less in the exact same spot. Like when someone's, dime, when someone's contesting much. him, he blatantly jumps forward into the player or kicks his leg out to create contact. That is some Bush League shit. If I've ever yeah. seen it. That's, that's what I mean. That's like, that's just not the how call. the game's supposed to be played. It's not, it's, it's yeah. not how it's supposed to be played. I think it is in the modern day of flopping smart, but don't fucking throw up your arms and make a goddamn fit if you don't get the call. They need to change the rules. That's all comes down to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, because like he's taking like the state, bell, he's taking a bit of the Belichick approach. Like if it's not in the rules, use it to your advantage. I get that, dude. He had hey. ninety five fouls called beyond the arc. The next guy was at 32. Yeah, I saw that. That was that's yeah, that's absolutely pretty ridiculous. Well, on on that note, continuing with the basketball, um, first and foremost, if you haven't been watching all season, I get it, especially for those reasons listed. But playoff basketball, especially from the second round like this on, is some of the best basketball. Like there was a quadruple overtime game the other night, four overtimes. Quadruple. Tonight we're watching Kevin Durant and James Harden go at it in game four. And it's just, it's great basketball. Watch the best in the world. Like, I, yeah. we've been, you know, hard on the NBA, but does Harden really, have, does Harden do have any chance of marching out of that? Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they have a chance tonight to go back to Golden State, tied it two, new series. We'll see what happens. Um, but tonight, actually, the, Celtics and the Bucks are playing, as I mentioned. And to circle back to all the following stuff, Giannis Antetokounmpo had 50 foul shots through the first three games of this series. That is the most ever in a playoff game through or a playoff series through three games. And it's it's just going back to this point where if this freak, I mean, granted he is the Greek freak, but he just runs at the rim. And if something looks like a foul, the the refs are just so prone to call it because everybody is going to scream about it. The dude is literally a monster, so it, everything looks like a foul. And when he doesn't get the call, this 6'10 freak gets in the ref's face and starts yelling at him. Like, what would you do if Giannis Antetokounmpo was screaming in your face? I'd wet myself. I'd probably <laughs> tend to give him the next call. Pretty simple. Um, You know, I, I think given everything we've just discussed the instant replay first of all shout out to country house because that's huge 65 and one odds amazing so props there we're talking a lot about instant replay um 
you know, I, I think really what it comes down to is I'm just very grateful uh, that LeBron James is not here. <laughs> um, and I think that's something that we can all tip our hats to. Yeah, yeah I, mean, honestly. I, I, I second that. I also, dude, I understand that basketball is a more popular sport, but it is so hard to watch Sports Center because they'll play the same highlights to the same game three times before they show a single NHL playoff game. But it, it's been that way forever. For, I, I know it's been that forever. But in like high school and college, you'd fall asleep at like midnight, and they'd be showing highlights, and you'd wake up at like six a.m. on the couch, and they'd be playing the same exact shit. It's like, dude, dude it's what? brutal. NHL playoffs are far and away more exciting. I don't care any what anyone says. Yeah. Um. Well, we uh we should just go ahead and jump into the NHL quick temperature check before we run down the MLB. If that's cool with you, Tom, while we're on the topic. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start us off here. Like I said, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the black and gold sweater tonight. The Bruins are up one to nothing um, at the end of the second period on the Blue Jackets in Columbus, looking to clinch this second round series. So you know, twenty minutes to go. Let's keep it going, boys. Yeah, man, that's been um, it's been a fun series to watch. I know we were a little skeptical about Boston uh, and if they could get it done, but it seems you know again they've proven. Boston strong so fuck Boston and best of luck <laughs> to, yeah to well uh, Grimes correct me if I'm wrong but they draw Carolina next or the winner of this series plays Carolina yeah. winner yeah. of the series gets Carolina uh, talk about just you know not even know which way is up anymore uh, seeing the Islanders sweep Pittsburgh and then Carolina coming in and sweeping the Islanders I mean swept to being sweeped sweep to being swept sweep to being swept uh, unbelievable, man. Carolina Hurricanes out of out of left field completely. Uh, just took it to them. And they're playing uh, well together, man. Yeah, but I think I think if Boston gets through, I think uh, oh, I, can, I can't see Carolina. I mean, watch watch this happen. Watch Boston win this game tonight, and then go go ahead and sweep Carolina. Just just putting that out there, just food for thought. Yeah, I um, I gotta say to to go back maybe an episode or two. Um, I, I think honestly, looking at it more and more, I gotta say, coming out of this San Jose Colorado Avalanche matchup, Ooh. um, is is really going to be the team to beat, um, dude. Again, I, am... I question if San Jose can take it all the way to the finish line, but they're looking pretty damn good. They're looking good, man, dude. First of all, that game's tonight. Uh, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I yeah. highly highly recommend watching it. It's gonna be it's San Jose. San Jose is up three two. Games tonight at Colorado. Um, I want. I desperately want this series to go seven games. You know, just because it's such a good series, offensive, just two offensive powerhouses. Uh, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable entertainment, and and, and you know. I can't get enough of it. I mean, this to me is kind of, I don't know what the Stanley Cup's going to be, obviously, but this, this to me, this series has been the best series I've, I've seen in a while. Yeah. I, um, I would, I would go to venture to say even, uh, this Dallas St. Louis matchup as well has been, um, pretty fucking electric is a word we like to use around here. Um, and I say that because these are kind of two teams that I didn't really anticipate doing all that much. Uh, I knew that they had talent, but you've got now a series that's tied, you know, 3-3 going into Game 7 tomorrow, 5-7, 2019 at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, so make sure you tune into that because, honestly, I think uh, if they're able to get it done, St. Louis can be also a, a serious competitor for the Cup this year. What are your thoughts on that, Harry? St. Louis... Um... Oof. let's just see if they get past Dallas first. Dallas has been yeah. impressive uh, this year and especially in the postseason. Um, I, I just don't think they'd be able to handle either the likes of, of uh, San Jose or Colorado, if I'm being yeah. honest. Colorado's not the most defensive team. Um, San Jose is good defensively. I mean, you just look, I mean, they got arguably two of the best defensemen in the NHL with Brent Burns and, and Eric Carlson. So, um, you know, and uh, Martin Jones, our goalie, has been playing well. Uh, he's, he kind of struggled a little bit um, in the last series and a little bit in this series as well, but he seems to be getting back into form. So, 
I don't know. I don't know if St. Louis will be able to, you know, if they move on, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle, you know, whichever team comes out of that other series. Yeah. Well, obviously, we'll make sure to uh, go ahead and post something after these <clears throat> round two matchups finish up. But more importantly, we'll make sure to do kind of a, a real thick of it, uh, you know, episode next week uh, of the NHL and kind of these next round three matchups as we get closer to the Stanley Cup. But in the meantime, we might as well talk a little bit about some MLB headlines, some news from around the league. I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Tom to talk to us a little bit about what's going on. Uh, yeah, I'd like to finally say that Chris Sale got his first win of the season for the Red Sox this past weekend. So monkey off the back there, although his record is now 1-5. Uh, the Red Sox are heating up, and one one name that's going to quickly become a household name is Michael Chavis. He is a middle infielder that's playing second base for us right now, uh, and he's just tearing the cover off the ball. It's a nice right-handed power swing. He's got a few home runs, a bunch of RBIs, and uh, he's really been the spark that this Boston team seemed to need. Uh, they, they just couldn't shake the, the World Series hangover for the longest time. Um, but it, it seems like the boys are back, and it, I mean the division is still up for grabs, especially considering how New York is playing despite everyone being injured. Yeah, uh, and, and that's – I mean, you know what? The injuries in New York is, I mean, it sucks, right? Severino out past the all-star break now. Uh, something that, you know, initially he was supposed to be back in May and then it was June and now it's post all-star break. It, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard to even say, you know, if, you know, when he comes back, what kind of form, you know, what kind of shape he's going to be in. Um, I mean, he is our best pitcher when he's healthy. And, uh, but, you know, one thing that has been, pleasantly or a pleasant surprise to see is, is how well we've been doing with the players we have um you know two games back of, of tampa bay in the, in the in the division right now we're 19 and 14 we're gonna beat seattle tonight um to kind of close the gap there and if they can kind of maintain like 10 games above 500 or, or whatever the case is you know I, I like i like where we're at um you know you look at some of the other you know we'll get i don't know what john carlos timeline looks like uh, Aaron Judge is going to be out for a bit. Didi's starting his his rehab, and he'll be he'll be back probably end of, end of May, I would imagine. Um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe early June. Uh, James Paxton's out. Greg Bird's out. Greg Bird's a joke. He can stay out for all I care. <laughs> um, and then and then Aaron Hicks. It's really like a depth thing. I mean, we get all these guys back. I mean, one thing I do love is it gives a lot of exposure to to our prospect pool. Clint Frazier playing out of his, you know more or less out of his mind. He just hit the 10-day DL. He's back tonight. He's hitting over 300. I uh, believe he's got seven or eight home runs. Uh, Gary Sanchez looks to be back in form. His average, is, average still isn't great. He's not much of a contact hitter. He he just mashes balls. He's got 11 home runs. Yeah, he's he's been stroking this year. I, I was at the game in San Francisco where he hit his first career grand slam, and it was an absolute bomb to, to you know, left center field. And... Uh, yeah, you know, if the way that they're playing, man, it's it's hard to be angry. I mean, you know, the injury bug sucks, uh, but considering where they're at, you know, what are we, thirty five games into the season or, or so, um, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that, that they're still, so, you know, in good shape. Here's my thing. Um this is just kind of a side rant, but it has a lot to do with the size of these fucking contracts, uh that some of these players are signing and I think you look at some other sports like football uh, and hockey where there's far more contact and you have guys that are you know toughing out busted up shoulders busted up knees legs broken bones you know dislocated shoulders Um, and then you have basketball players who are being paid hundreds of millions of dollars that are sitting out for four to six weeks with a broken finger Um, And I get that, you know, basketball entails a lot of hands. And and obviously with baseball, you know, you need to be at full capacity. But there's no reason that that a Stanton or an Aaron Judge who are being paid just more than people can even fucking imagine in their lifetime sitting out for that long um, unless you're tearing a goddamn, you know, MCL or an ACL. I, I just I think it's at this point it's just ridiculous. These guys are 
constantly dropping like flies and they're being paid millions, whether they step up to the bat or up to the plate once in the season or, or not at all. I mean, that's just the risk you take when you're when you're dealing with these, you know, a you know, a list players that demand a big paycheck, you know, you know, the benefits of those. So it's not just the play that you're signing the player for. You're signing him to put asses in the seats. And when, you know, when he is healthy, players like Judge and Stanton, they do, you know, they, but I mean, for the most at, part, they back up those contracts. Look at somebody who's tons the, of homers. The, the best of what he does, Tom Brady, right? When was the last time he sat out practically almost a full season? I mean, you have Never. Severino, who's, who's not coming back until after the All-Star break. Well, he's got, he had Tommy John. That's Yeah, I mean, and like I was saying, Tom, you know, like I, I understand the more severity of, of things, um, but some of these players with these minor injuries that are out for, you know, two to three, four, six weeks, um, you know, we're talking about basketball with a broken thumb. You know, I saw somebody out for almost the next two months. It's like you, I understand that it comes with the territory. These injuries happen in sports, but shit, man, to be paid multi-millions of dollars and not be able to, to suffer through it, kind of like you see in, in football or in hockey, it's just kind of fucking Aggravated. All right. Well, uh, well, you know what? I'll I'll arrange a sit down with you, Aaron Judge, and John Collar Stanton, and you can tell them to man the fuck up to their face. Let's do this. Get a GoFundMe <laughs> going. All right. Well, any, anyways, back to uh, a couple other teams I wanted to hit on. I, I didn't want to just stay in the East like we always do. Uh, I'm going to take it to the NL West and the San Diego Padres. Uh, another name that you guys need to be aware of is Fernando Tatis Jr. He is a rookie phenom playing shortstop or third base for the Padres. Um, and he is, he's actually hurt right now. Funny, but, um, he, he's been super impressive this year and he's a big part of the reason that the Padres are 18 and 16. They're usually like dead last in the league by now, but, um, it, it seems like one player who's worth that $300 million contract has been Manny Machado. Um, he leads the Padres with eight homers. They're only three and a half games back the Dodgers right now. And if they can get healthy and, and figure some pitching things out, uh, I like them to compete with any other team right now. Obviously, L.A. is a, a monster. But I, I like what I'm seeing from Padres, and it's, it's honestly just refreshing to, to see them doing well. Because they are, you know, like I said, generally the laughing stock of the National League. Um. Well, in terms of the NL East, um, we have kind of noted that the entire division was anticipated to be a dog pile, um, and it has definitely lived up to that hype. Uh, uh, Philly, I should say, now leads the division. Uh, they are 19-4 and four currently, and they have won the last seven uh, of ten games. Um, so Philly, obviously a team to be looking at. Recently acquired Bryce Harper. Got a little bit of banner for you guys a little bit later on about him. Just a uh, quick clue: his wife is hideous. Um, the Braves, <laughs> the Braves, the Braves are <laughs> the Braves lead the Mets uh, by two games uh, for second place. Um, so that is currently where the NL East stands. Um, and and you, don't forget the Marlins; they are fucking garbage. They're a high school baseball team. They're yeah. nine and nine and twenty four. They're the the monkey wrench in that team of competitive, or that league of competitive teams, I should say. Yeah. Well, um, I have not watched a hell of a lot of the season so far. I usually wait until a little bit later in the season after one hundred and thirty games have been played. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it, it has been pretty exciting. Uh, minus you know all the shit that I've talked to see. You know Bryce Harper live a little bit up to the hype, um, but I think I think this is the perfect segment uh, for my banner piece, and, and that is that Bryce Harper's wife got a DM from just a thick young lady. I mean, she was <laughs> nice, and <laughs> I don't know how she fucked this up and and messaged her over him. Uh, but basically was like, hey, honey, my name's Jordan. Uh, I want to be your stress reliever. Hit me up for a good time. So 
Bryce Harper's wife puts her on blast, takes a picture or a screenshot of one of her pictures on her profile, puts it up on her story, basically says, like, if you're trying to get with a married man, don't go after his wife, uh, and said, you know, Bryce, if you're looking for some stress relief, I've got you. Um, went ahead and, and Googled his wife. I got to tell you guys, it's uh, for a guy that's worth $330 million, it's pretty uh, pretty brutal. <laughs> Well, <laughs> my my first question here is why is everybody assuming that this chick wanted to hook up with Bryce Harper? Yeah, there you what go. if she what if she wanted the wife? That's a good point. It's 2019. We can't make any assumptions. But yeah, also it's it's 2019. Like, figure out social media if you're going to be swinging at a married man, please. I mean, look, she she's not she's not a war pig by any means, but like, dude, I, I think she's hot. You've got three hundred and thirty million dollars. I mean, that guy's a stud, man. He's also a Mormon, so I think yeah. he can have multiple wives. Yeah, that's true. So uh, maybe he should get on that. Well, I, I, there's a better picture I just found. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions. Regardless, if you're worth that much money, you know, <laughs> the world is yours, my friend. Um, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and turn it over to you guys. Um, as I see you <laughs> foaming at the mouth, let's talk a little bit about. Game of Thrones. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's jump right into that bad boy. Um, Tom, initial na, thoughts. Na, na, what do you got? Na, 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 na. I thought this episode was very good, um, especially after last week, where I felt like everybody was generally kind of let down. I thought this episode stood out a lot. It we, there, there was a lot of things that I definitely didn't see coming. Um, what I'm probably most pissed about is how the Stark girls can't keep a secret. Like, do they not understand what, like, Pinky Promise means? Is that is that not a yeah, thing? Yeah, he, he was pretty serious about, like, don't say anything. <laughs> and the first thing Sansa does is goes and tells fucking Tyrion, or he already knew, I'm I sorry, think. But... women gossiping? Oh, I mean, that... Yeah. Shock. This, this has to be written in as, like, fan, you know, for, for the fans. It, it's just, like... I don't know. Everybody knows now, and I don't know what's going to happen. Does I think, especially with how Varys was acting, the Varys—I mean, I don't know how you say his name—but how he was acting, it was like, "Yo, let's ditch Danny and go with John." And I'm I'm about that. Well, this is the problem. Uh, Tyrion has the right mindset. Tyrion's like, "Let's just get them married so they can rule together," because that seems to be like the most like that's the obvious. Uh, What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like the simple solution? Smooth, like smooth way to go about it. Cause if you pick one or the other, then obviously sides turn against each other. It's exactly what Cersei would want is for, you know, this army to be marching down, whatever's left of it. And all of a sudden, like the Dothraki and the North are now fighting each well, other. So it's interesting. I, I, I highlighted here on the side because, uh, I had seen that you guys had put, you know, is this kind of Danny's reign coming to an end? And I think, what a lot of, uh, from what I've heard, uh, and from an individual who seems to be quite versed in the subject, uh, said that he believes that she's going to take on this kind of antagonist role. Uh, you know, s- as soon as George R. R. Martin left the, the steering wheel and, and these new directors took over, you know, they're now going off script. I think it's become very Hollywood. We've seen, you know, they're not killing main characters that we love. They're killing the White Walker King and they're killing, you know, the villain and, they're kind of taking that Hollywood route while still entertaining. Um, but I think that she's going to play an antagonist antagonist role uh, and kind of upwards till the very end. And then I think she's going to get fucking off. I think I, I've, I said that I thought she was going to die last episode. Really? But, uh, and she nearly did. Um, but I, I tend to agree, man. I think, I think she's getting power hungry. She's starting to get that like mad king, mad queen looking her around. Her Snow yeah. especially, especially after they murdered uh, Misandra. Yeah, that that definitely caught me by surprise. What I didn't understand was why she said uh, Dracarys. Like th- those were her last I, words. Like what the fuck? I think she was trying to say like burn them all. Like fuck these people. Yeah, but I, if she was looking for the only dragon to to like reach out, that's so dumb. I don't think, dude. How on earth? How on earth do they win this fucking battle with one dragon? They've got King's Landing completely fortified with those massive spears that we saw just destroyed that other dragon pretty fucking quickly. 
Jets. I, I truly I think, don't know. I think like, your prediction uh, in one of our earlier episodes was right. I think they're gonna they're gonna fucking resurrect the White Walkers, man. They're I mean, have, yeah, no. You guys are gonna owe me money next week when Bran is the new no. Night King. You guys are crazy. Um, that's one way. I, I mean, it's either that or they they all just fucking get slaughtered and the and the season ends. That would be sick. I I I, I mean, it wouldn't be sick, but it would kind of. Be sick. I think the it would be very unrealistic for like the North to defeat the dead and the, and then just march down and and defeat Cersei and all them too. Like that seems like a little too much, like you know, a, a little too straightforward for Game of Thrones. I don't know what's going to happen, like, but. But like we've mentioned, it's, it's gone off script now. So the guys that are now steering the ship are Hollywood at its finest. I mean, these guys yeah. these guys are writing, you know, the fucking Marvel script that everyone can predict from a mile away. So it wouldn't be unlikely, you know. The only the only other thing that will help that'll help them, and I don't even know like what kind of army they have, is uh, the rest of the Ironborn that that um, Tyrion helped, you know, free. Um, no, not Tyrion, uh, Theon. Yeah. They're, they'll show they'll show up again and uh and you know I'm sure uh what's her what's her name it's Theon's sister's name Yara Yara Greyjoy uh she'll try to obviously kill you know Euron and uh we'll see how that goes but well, one other thing that I kind of picked up on was there was another mention of the people from Dorne and I I feel like when you only have six episodes left like you're not using screen time just for the hell of it. So I think Dorn is going to have a nice uh, a nice role to play in the next couple episodes. Well, they obviously have some skin in the game too with uh, what's her name as a prisoner. Uh, who's a who's prisoner? Cersei took Sex a prisoner life. last season. Remember she she poisoned they she had the three daughters who were like nasty with the spears and shit, and uh, and she took two uh, one daughter prisoner and the mother. Uh, I think she was one who was like hook, she was hooking up with Yara. Yeah, when they, when I thought I thought she died. I, I, I just read. I don't, I don't <laughs> think she's. I don't think she's dead yet, dude. I think she's still prisoner. I penciled her and is fucked a long time ago. No, she killed the daughter. Remember, she poisoned her, and she was like, "You'll just watch her die." Yeah, and I think she's still a prisoner. I think Cersei just plans on keeping her prisoner. She could for be. The rest of that, life. that would make more sense, actually. Maybe they. So are. I think that's why. And Dorne has skin in the game regardless because they, you know, killed a bunch of their people. So, quick question for you guys. While we're on the topic of Game of Thrones, Mary, fuck, kill. Arya Stark, Daenerys Targaryen, and Marjorie Tyrell. <laughs> Tom, you can go first. Um, this is easy for me. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> this is so easy. Uh, I'm marrying Arya so she doesn't kill me. Like she'd be the most badass wife. Um, I would fuck Marjorie because she was the best looking girl that this show has ever casted, and I would kill Daenerys. I mean, she's See, useless. I think I think I'm 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 fucking Daenerys. I'm marrying Marjorie and I'm killing Arya. You can't kill hey, Arya. Marjorie is a Marjorie was a psycho. That yeah. Well, I, I I don't know. I'm just basically going off of Google search and her image. Yeah, I, I would do marry Arya. Uh, Fuck Daenerys and kill Are you Marjorie. guys just saying this because you're afraid of her? <laughs> I'm telling you, you can't kill Arya. So that that in itself kind no, of No, because she seems choices. like the most, like, she seems like the most, like, she's like very, The you most know, noble. She seems like the most, the best person to marry. She just oh. killed the Night King, dude. You're not going to kill her. Yeah, she's going to kill you next. Why are you trying to kill your wife? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said I'd marry her. <laughs> All right, well, um, while we're on the topic of this, uh, this one I, I I truly could not answer. Hulu, Netflix, HBO. Kill Hulu, marry Netflix. Fuck HBO. Fuck HBO. See, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought I, about I'm that. I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, it was hard for me just because they've migrated everything from Netflix to Hulu, the, the shows that I like at least, and a lot of Netflix is its own content now, uh, and like video, and you know fucking movies of Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy with like a 12 pack Ted Bundy didn't look anything like that um <laughs> yeah man I think I'm I think I'm gonna kill Netflix and I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck HBO and or I'm gonna fuck Hulu marry HBO because HBO is is continuous entertainment they've never produced a shit sure? show 
Yeah, I, I I think of it a lot with how I, I watch them. Like I, I go to bed with Netflix almost know, every night. That's my problem. Like too. that's why I'm marrying Netflix. Yeah, that's I'm the same boat. HBO, it's like, if, like if they got Sunday really... nights, a little Sunday night. Fuck yeah, I'll fuck it. I'll fuck yeah, it. They... Yeah, Sunday <laughs> nights. About your childhood and or not your childhood, but your youth and and everything that came from HBO, The Sopranos, The Breaking Bad's, The The Wires, The I mean shit, man, Cat House. You know, some little late night porn when you were a youngster. <laughs> I was gonna say I I, I didn't grow uh, up as a youth on The Sopranos, but I get what you're saying. No, no, I watched The Wire, but um. If Netflix got rid of The Office, I would change my answer. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh, on. Uh, By the way, do you guys watch Veep? Uh, uh, I do not. I've heard good things though. Dude, I watched. I watched an episode last night. It's it's straight comedy. I mean, you it's turned me on to Big Head. So well written. The shit that was, and and I dug it. So. Uh, Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Yeah. Big Mouth is great. Too. So. Yeah, dude. Veep is incredibly well well written. It's it just straight. Tom comedy. got nervous because there was through. too many wieners. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> like that choice. I'll I'll check this one out. <laughs> But um, on the, the topic of streaming services, I heard the other day that Disney is releasing a new streaming service called like Disney Plus or something. Oh, nice. And it, it has like all old, you know, Disney shows, Disney movies, all the OG movies that I did grow up watching. Johnny um, Tsunami. And they also have uh, like 30, all 30 seasons of The Simpsons coming on. Which is just you know classic comedy. I'm fucking excited for it. Disney owns everything. They're gonna everything. buy Netflix, Hulu. I guarantee, I think they already own Hulu. But so yeah, keep an eye out for Disney Plus because I will definitely be reminiscing to some of my old childhood movies. Alrighty. Well, uh, Boeing, Lonzo Ball. What do they have in common? Both of them are losing a lot of money. Uh, so the common theme here. Uh, Boeing just recently released that they knew about the problems with their 737 uh, MAX models uh, a year before the crashes occurred. So wasn't really sure what the play was on this, uh, you know, admitting that you knew that you killed those people, um, you know, but, you know, that's why I'm not the CEO of Boeing. So just thought that that was a fun tip. Ooh, live live stream here, Boston. Up three zero, nice Tommy. Let's go, baby. Look, looking like it's gonna be Carolina versus uh, Boston. Br- bring it, bring it on. Seems what did Brent call them last week? The Carolina Panthers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Boeing's fucked. They're done. And then next up on the list of being fucked, um, Lavar Ball is fucked, and he's finally shut the fuck up. Uh, his son lonzo um has been schemed out of 1.5 million dollars by their business partner alan foster uh for big baller brand he had the tattoo removed from his arm you know he's he's suing alan foster he's got beef with his dad um i think this is a win for everybody minus lonzo you know if if you're an anti-ball you know lavar guy this is huge um but definitely sucks 1.5 million is a lot of money yeah, life without Lavar is better. Life without all the balls would be better. Yeah, very like best, the best of all time. Yeah, uh, I'm, exci- I'm excited to see what happens with Lamelo, the the third ball. He seems like such a little They're shit. Yeah, he's a little scrubs. he's a little penis. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we got an open discussion here quickly. Just a um, quick story time for you guys. So I was in a uh, ride share the other day. Um, I won't disclose who they were. Um, the guy made a wrong turn, added 10 minutes to the trip. He turned around after he stuck his dirty fucking fingers in a jar of peanuts and asked me if I wanted any. <laughs> so, um, I said, I don't want your offerings. You're still going to get a one star rating. Um, leave me be wanted to get your guys thoughts on rideshare drivers just in general offering items, whether it be food, drinks, snacks, uh, dick, uh, et cetera, whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> Because I, I I find it quite skeezy, and I always say nay. Dude, if if, if a, I think food's weird. I mean, food's if they have like high chew, sure I'll eat some high chew. Uh, if they have water, that's great. But I certainly have never had it where the dude's reached his hand into a jar of peanut uh, peanuts and been like, "Hey man, you want some?" This motherfucker. Yeah, that's fucking it. raunchy. Guy pulled out of the glove compartment. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. 
Yeah, those are the snacks that you want to avoid taking. <laughs> I'm I'm with guys probably itching like, his balls like while he's driving around and like I, all just I was thinking, digging yeah. into the peanuts. Yeah, just swamp ass, just sticking his just, fingers in those peanuts. He's like, hey, you want some? Mm. Oh yeah, sure. A, a, sure. a bit a bit sure. of advice on that. If you're by yourself in an Uber, do not under any circumstance take, take any anything. Food. <laughs> do do not. This is this is a serious issue though. In all in all honesty. And I like I want to make sure that anybody who's listening to us is safe as can be. One, don't Uber by yourself because you're just getting into a stranger's car. Uh, two, make sure you check the license plate and and contact information prior to getting in. And three, do not eat any peanuts from the glove compartment if offered. <laughs> yeah, avoid the peanuts at all costs. Um, alrighty, well. That's all I got for story time. I'll close you all out with some uh, interesting fun fact here. The guy that voices Winnie the Pooh, uh, he's being accused of rape and animal abuse. Does that surprise you? Doesn't surprise me. Tom? It should not. It shouldn't surprise anyone. <laughs> yeah, honestly. like The second I saw this, I was like, okay, and when's Elmo going to be accused? And the Teletubbies <laughs> and the Wiggles. I mean, point being, if you're a grown-ass man and you're in a suit playing with children, you probably fuck them too. I I hope not. That's pretty fucked. Um, Dude, are you kidding me? Look I don't even know what to say about this. Barney, Teletubbies, Winnie the Pooh. I mean, look at the theme here. These are grown-ass <laughs> men playing, like, children characters. It's a bit bizarre. I hope they would do some sort of, like, background check beforehand before being like, oh, yeah, here's a, a set of 20 kids. We'll see you in an hour. Like, yeah. come on. I don't think Ted Bundy's victims did a background check. You're all over Ted Bundy tonight, dude. What did he ever do to you? <sighs> to me, personally, nothing. But he killed like <laughs> 35 people. <laughs> um, all right, Grimes, why don't you close us out here with some buzzer beaters? Uh, yeah, just quick update on the EPL. Crazy, crazy weekend. Uh, it's a, the you know two teams you know kind of battling out down the stretch. Currently, Manchester City has a one point lead over Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool squeaked out a win over Newcastle this past weekend, uh, 3-2. Um, you know, Liverpool dominated the game, but uh, Newcastle stuck around, kept tying it back up, and uh, Mo Salah sustained a concussion in that game, and so they brought in Divac Origi, uh, Origi and, uh, you know, he came on and actually scored what ended up being the game winner. So they ended up taking that 3-2, and then today Manchester City took on... Um, who the hell was it? Oh, Leicester City. Uh, the winners of the Premier League two seasons ago. And, uh, in the 70th minute, Vincent Company, who is the captain of the team, he's been on Manchester City for years, scored an absolute screamer of a goal from 30 yards out. Uh, very possible to be, to be goal of the season. Uh, we'll see how that all pans out, but unbelievable strike. You know, like I said, 30 yards out, clipped the, the bottom part of the, the uh, crossbar um and that was enough to to get the one nothing win and push them back on top of the table in the premier league uh next weekend is is, is it um and we got manchester city it's going to be taking on brighton and hove albion uh who are who are fourth or 17th in the premier league and there's only 20 teams in the premier league uh so they should be able to make pretty easy work whereas liverpool uh will play wolverhampton who's a pretty tough team they're in seventh place and, uh, you know, all Man City has to do is just win. It could be, it doesn't matter by how much. Uh, if they win, they win the, the league and, and that's all she wrote. Um, uh, Liverpool, you know, it looks like their dreams are going to be crushed. Uh, they're going to about to come in second in the Premier League. They're about to lose in the Champions League to Barcelona. So, uh, sucks to be you. Are you a pool guy? I forget. No, I'm a city yeah, guy. That's what I thought. All my friends are Liverpool fans though. Well, so shout like out, said, shout out to city, to be man. You. Best of luck out there. Yes, sir. Well, on that note, I might as well just say uh, this is going to be a hot take, so heads up for all you out there. Spoiler alert, hashtag hot take. Um, I would give myself 15 to 20 minutes on an MLS pitch, and I would ju I would do just fucking fine. <laughs> no. Put, putting that out there. Honestly, 100%. <laughs> I shit you not watching these, these young lads play. Uh with the exception of Rooney, who who is just an anomaly, the guy's a fucking freak, um, dude. It's it's child's play. 
I mean, I honestly think that a team like Chelsea <laughs> pro or, players, dude. or Man City would put up 35 points against them. Against any MLS team? Maybe not the best of the best MLS team. I don't even, I think, you know. Dude, it, it, it was entertaining and it's great. It's a spectacle. But, uh, man, the MLS has a very long, 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 long way to come. So, yeah. Uh, what do you got for us, Tom Lasagna? Uh, well, today we are recording on May 6th. And it is a huge birthday day today all across sports and entertainment. I'd like to wish a happy birthday to Rockets guard Chris Paul, Houston Astros second baseman Jose Altuve, the Silver Fox himself, George Clooney, and my homeboy Meek Mill uh, up in Philly right now. So we're going to play out tonight with a little bit of Meek Mill how on his birthday. Up, how fucked up do you think Meek and Bilicek are getting right now? Uh, all of <laughs> MMG is turning up. out. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for joining us tonight. If you are not already, please remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Additionally, make sure to click to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify so that you can stay up to date with our weekly episodes. It was a pleasure. Gentlemen, Philly. have a good night. Take Trying to get that money, zip locks, nose candy, back to back in them black caddies. Yeah, we said this all summer and we taking it there. I'm all up in this mirror, like look at this order mirror. Staying in my rear while staring this painted mirror. Still trying to get a square, super fly how we layer. Uh, narked out, lights coming. Narked out, mean them bikes coming. Smelling too strong. These Philly streets that make you lose hope. Her son was murdered, now she used coke. It was the middle of the summer.